0: This is Being Human. I'm your host, Richard Atherton. John Craig, orientalist, writer, filmmaker.
1: Welcome. Thank you, Richard. Great to see you outdoors.
0: That's right. So uh, I am Erst. I'm in the uh, the square just by my apartment in London. My, my socks are off. My, my soles are touching the slightly damp grass. I'm uh, 100% earthed, which, uh, which I guess is where we ought to start. So that's, uh, I mean, you've got, you've got a, a long story, but uh, this, this earthing movement, which I know you've been into for a few years. Yeah, tell the listeners a little bit more about that. Uh, yeah, and, and, and the moment, I suppose, where, where this journey started for you, that would be interesting for me.
1: Every time I introduce earthing or grounding, I, I attempt to go at it from a different angle. Because uh, for some people, it's just a health issue whereby uh, modern humanity isn't connected directly to our planet because of what we call insulation. And everybody knows what insulation is. And anybody with an older house will know that all the big appliances in a house should be earthed or grounded. Because what happens, let, let me ask you that, Richard, what happens if you don't ground the appliances in your house?
0: Well, there's a risk of the electricity going through you and, uh, and not back through the appliance if there's some kind of short circuit.
1: So what happens if it's grounded or earth? What happens to that problem?
0: It goes away because uh, the electricity finds a path a much easier path back to the earth through your your connection right. rather than uh, your my body so I don't get killed or injured.
1: So like heavy appliances, like washing machines, especially uh, coolers, uh, big refrigerators. Uh, we're getting more advanced with our technology, so it's not that important these days. We don't have too much leakage. But our own bodies are not grounded almost 24-7, because we wear insulated shoes, we work in insulated buildings, on insulated floors, we, we sleep on beds that are not grounded. So essentially, modern humanity, especially uh, in cities, modern humanity is totally ungrounded, unearthed, and we don't notice it. That's what's scary. If it was our appliance, and we got an electric shock because it wasn't grounded, we'd notice. But we don't pay attention to it, so we don't know the difference between being grounded and not, unless we actually test the theory, which I've been doing for five years. So being grounded or being Earth literally simply means having a direct connection to the Earth, either through your feet or through your hands, but essentially through bare feet is the best way, so I, I guess that's a definition.
0: That's a definition, but I'm, I, so I'm really interested in yeah. That, that was there a moment where you caught onto this 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 phenomenon? Um,
1: well, intellectually, I caught to it by reading the seminal book, simply called "Earthing," written principally by Clint Ober, who is the gentleman most responsible for bringing this to our attention. And by reading the book and by reading the anecdotal uh, stories of many people who noticed the difference, and then looking at the color photographs, the thermal photographs of bodies before and after grounding, and then watching videos, uh, especially the video of the Tour de France uh, team from America, whose team doctor insists that they sleep grounded every single night of the Tour de France because their uh, healing and recovery has clearly improved uh, through earthing. And there's even one athlete who fell off his bike on the the gravel, ripped up his um, elbow, and the healing speed was radically improved. They sleep better stress relief, all of that. So that was intellectual. I got it. Makes sense. But I didn't really get it until I started the daily practice. And I suppose when it really got me was in Iceland, where I attempted to walk across the country barefoot. And and then I noticed that it has far larger implications than just your individual health.
0: Okay, so what, um, what do you mean? Well, okay, step back a bit. So you walked, you walked the, the, walk, the length of Iceland or across Iceland barefoot?
1: I walked from the south of Iceland to the north and back from the north to the south between the three principal glaciers that you can see on any map. There are actually four main glaciers, but there are, there are three that take up the central part of Iceland, which is called the highlands of Iceland, which is basically... A no-man's land, a wasteland. Nobody goes there. And uh, I I wanted to uh, experiment, one, with my own body to see if it actually made me fitter. But two, I wanted to demonstrate that earthing uh, is not just about your individual health. It's actually about getting connected to your planet. And that really was an adventure, finding the implications of being connected to your planet in terms of your feeling, your dreams, your sleep, your connection with nature and all life was quite a revelation for me personally. So that journey, which was filmed, was specifically designed to take it out of the little health box in people's heads. Oh, it's just another health fad. No, it's actually far more profound than that.
0: Okay. Yeah, interesting. And I've... um. Yeah, i you've really con- really connected me to these, uh, reconnected me to these ideas because I actually got really into grounding about eight years ago, you know, oh. nine years ago. I bought, I, I still have the the sleeping um, uh, mats, you know. So I sleep grounded, uh, well at least when I'm in London I sleep grounded. Actually, when I'm out in the countryside I. Uh, I haven't invested um, and I've really got into barefoot walking. I climbed one of the hills in Wales, Cata Idris. <laughs> in fact, I remember a moment where we were talking about buying walking shoes with this guy in the shop and he was trying to sell me. And he ah, like, oh, no, I'll just do it barefoot. <laughs> the guy's like, what? And then I, I walked up the Cata the Idris barefoot. And, and yeah, I mean, I suppose whenever I take time to reflect on it, I really get, that it does make a difference, but it's, it's like it's a, it's a mild effect. So it's for me, it's, it's, it's harder to, to really integrate into my life because I, it's certainly my experience is it's not like night and day, the difference between when I've been grounded and when mm-hmm. I've been not. It's, a, it's yeah. a mild effect. So it's unlike having a cup of coffee where you're immediately hit with the effects and you're like, oh, wow, this is doing something, this is great. But it's like if I go ungrounded now for a long period, I... I start to feel it. I start to feel the lack. And when I'm, when I'm walking, and certainly when it's warm, I'm always looking to go barefoot. And it's starting to feel weird to not be barefoot now when I'm, when I'm walking out. And um... that's,
1: a, that's a very uh, salient point, Richard. Um, for the average healthy person, and you look like you're, you're, you're a very healthy person, uh, you're not going to get some thunderbolt revelation of, wow, it's so different. And in fact, uh, I'm connected to a doctor in the States who does a lot of videos uh, about our thing. Her name is Dr. Laura Conover. And she's actually appeared in several of the films that are out there, including The Grounded and Down to Earth, which I suggest people look at to get more feedback. She said, you're not necessarily going to feel anything. However, what you just said, you'll notice a difference when you stop. Uh, we also sleep on, on grounded sheets here in Japan. And one night, my wife said, hey, I didn't sleep too well last night. That's kind of weird because I always sleep good grounded. I I used a, a voltmeter to check the uh, sheet, and it was dead. And I tracked the wire, and I realized that it was disconnected. So she was sensitive enough to know that she was now ungrounded, and she knew what the state was to be grounded, so she had some material to compare. Uh, Now, if people are in very poor physical condition, unlike you, they may notice rather more dramatic effects. First of all, being the sleeping, the stress levels, uh, and their general uh, sense of well-being may or may not improve So it really depends on the individual. Very sensitive people uh, have reported to me that they can actually feel some kind of energy coming in through their body, but that's that's certainly not me.
0: Okay, yeah, that's interesting. And And I went in, and I suppose it's the other the other blocker to me, of course, is the is the social sensor. I mean, if I walk down the street here in London barefoot, it's you know, people are going to stop and stare. I mean, I, I first got into this in Santa Monica in California. And of course you could, you know, you could, (laughs) you could walk down the street barefoot with a, you know, American Indian headdress on and and I was going to pat an eyelid. I do that in London and it's a different, it's a different proposition. And, um, and so that's another thing for people, right? It's this, it's the social context that we live in, uh, and, and even when I did that walk up the hill in Wales, up kind of, there were people staring at me and like, what are you doing up here? It's cold. You're be barefoot. And, and one person challenged me and I said, they were with the dog. And I say, well, hey, your dog's not wearing shoes. <laughs> 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 so you kind of come over as this kind of eccentric weirdo when you're, when you're not wearing shoes, which seems so strange in a way because you know humans live without shoes for millennia. But I, I kind of get it that it's, that, that it's weird for people to see.
1: Well, um, it certainly has that stigma which in itself speaks volumes about how disconnected we are with the fact that we think it's weird to not wear shoes and we don't realize the danger of wearing shoes and Clint Ober actually in his wonderful 15-minute documentary called Down to Earth, he connected it one day when he saw all these people wearing Nike shoes that had been on sale and uh, because he was an electrical engineer in the cable business, it clicked like, wow, they're all not grounded and they, they don't realize it. And then he, when I met him in California uh, a few years ago, he said, I've actually looked at graphs of the increase, the incidence of incurable diseases like MS, multiple sclerosis, If you go back pre-1960s and try to find the word multiple sclerosis, for example, or uh, something fibromyalgia, right, I think. I mean, uh, there's some huge pain going on in our society. People suffering. Lady Gaga, for example, has racking body pains all the time. And she's got fibromyalgia, they say. They can give it a name. And she's got like five masseurs on her body. I watched the documentary on Netflix. It was horrifying. She's getting injections all over her body, massages. And from where I'm standing, being a grounded human, I'm thinking it's a nobody in her team gets it. That if they ground this woman, her pain will reduce like right away. And that's what Clint Ober realized when he came across this information. And so he looked at the graph of all of these new diseases with the funky names, and he correlated it to the invention of rubber and plastic sold footwear, which began around the 60s. Now, for me, this was like literally earth-shaking, like how come nobody saw that correlation And the more we produce insulated shoe wear, the more we have these absolutely incurable. I mean, my daughter's friend is in her 30s and she's dying from MS. Nobody can help this poor woman. So that piece of information to me was like, yeah, we need to think about this. We need to really start looking at this a bit more seriously, even though there's a stigma around it and uh, these stupid hippies in London, you know. Anyway, in the middle of London, you're not gonna get asked walking on, you know, asphalt, maybe concrete, a wee bit, you know.
0: Right. And that's interesting what you say about insulated souls So are you suggesting that with leather soles, even with socks? Yeah. I mean, I haven't looked at the research. Even with socks, are you relatively grounded through the sock yeah. and through the leather? We've done
1: the research. We've done the research. Uh, when I was a kid, I realized I was super grounded in Scotland because I used to wear tacketed boots. Tacketed boots, we called them. They were leather soled boots. And to maintain the leather from getting worn down, we put metal studs in them, which we called tackets. So they were tacketed boots. As a kid, you could make sparks walking down the street with your their boots, and I realized that my father's generation all had leather soles. Now leather does conduct, especially when it's wet, and so in the British climate, you are probably earthed a generation ago when everybody had leather soles. Moccasins are phenomenal. If you can't afford to buy the newfangled earthing shoes. Uh, a pair of moccasins is a fantastic way to get around it if you don't want to go barefoot because nobody will really look at you that weird if you're maybe they're whale moccasins, but you know, uh, that's another way around it. Or the old fashioned pure leather soles. Socks now, depending on if they've got uh, natural, if they're made of natural fibers like wool, will be more or less conductive. But since you sweat through your feet a lot, even with socks on, you're probably going to be okay, yeah.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Or you can buy, as you say now, they're starting to come onto the market, right? Earthed, earth, earth shoes.
1: Yeah, we, in fact, in Japan, we developed our own from the traditional tabi, which are, maybe people will be familiar with, like uh, when you see samurai movies, you've got the ninja, they've got these, this very light footwear on. Those were grounded. I actually have this amazing photograph of a woman from the Meiji period in Japan, which is about 100 odd years ago. She must have been in her 20s. She was standing on the ground, obviously earth, because in those days the footwear was all earth. And in the old days in Japan, the sack of rice uh, weighed 20 Ks, right? One bundle or sack of rice weighed 20 Ks. She had five piled up on her back. So here's a, tw- a woman in her 20s sauntering down the street with a hundred Ks on her back. <laughs> it's like... and, and, and it's like, well, this is not a trick shot here. The Japanese were all grounded and they were phenomenally small and phenomenally strong. And they're eating rice and pickles and miso soup. So there goes your nutritional stuff out the window. How did these people get that power? Well, they lived in earth houses much more than we do, and they were certainly earth. So your footwear could be the key to your health. We developed earth tabi, which are like slippers with carbon rubber uh, soles, and we've tested them. They're pure conductive, just like being barefoot. So in Iceland, when my feet gave in on me on the horrendous lava gravel there, I took the opportunity to wear my earth tabi and that kept me connected all the time. So although I didn't succeed in crossing Iceland, completely barefoot, I crossed Iceland completely grounded. So I might as well have been barefoot having those souls. So there are ways around it for those who really don't want to do it. uh, Barefoot,
0: but barefoot is the best. Right.
1: You're now experiencing,
0: right? Well, exactly. You know, I, I, I love it. And as I say, it's, yeah, it's, I have to keep reminding myself that for my long-term health, there's a sort of mild sense of, you're right, that beyond the sort of immediate sense of, oh, this is healthy and good for me, there's this, I, there is a, if I really check in, I suppose I can feel there's some, some quality that I'm experiencing with my feet. On the ground versus if, if I weren't. Um yeah, but it's um yeah,
1: and you'll notice that you'll notice that much more when you're really out in nature away from all people and all buildings. Like when you were when up that uh that mountain, if you spend more time earthed, you'll start to notice you get more sensitive to the movements of nature.
0: and the other and thing that- I find that when I'm earthing, uh, and this could I, I totally accept this could be pure auto suggestion, but I seem to be because people are looking. Oh, you know, what if you stub your toe? Or because I've been out in Utah barefoot, walking over the rocks, and even in that that climb up in Wales, it was some of it was quite scrabbly with. And there's this concern: oh, you'll stub your toe, or you know, you're not going to get the protection. But I sense this greater sense of awareness of where the danger is, and I find myself sort of instinctively moving around rocks and 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 even stuff that I might tread in, which is you know whatever you know, muck on the ground that, I seem to just generate this, and again, this c- could be auto-suggestion, but my sense is that there's this awareness I build up that somehow my body knows that my feet are unprotected and, and is just slightly more aware of the, the, the environment and what to, what to dodge.
1: Well, you're, you're, it's not auto-suggestion, Richard, because the soles of your foot have more uh, complex sets of nerve endings than any other part of your body. Number one. Uh, number two, there are uh, a whole bunch of muscles in the sole of your f- on the soles of your feet which never get used when you're wearing shoes because you don't need them. So for example, barefoot running has now become a fad all over the world. And interestingly, a lot of people in the barefoot walking and barefoot running movement have no, have no knowledge about earthing at all. They're doing it from purely anatomical, physiological perspectives, which you have just noted. When you're barefoot, you run differently. Your entire posture changes, categorically changes. And so you're much more aware of your entire body when you are running barefoot. And you have a natural instinct to avoid danger, which you may not be picking up through your your eyes or your ears, but your feet know, right. right? So that is definitely not anecdotal. Anybody can check that out by actually practicing and they'll go, wow, I just avoided that rock. I didn't stub my toe. Many people who do now barefoot hiking in the States are astonished when they come away completely without any injury. And yet if they've been wearing hiking boots, they, w- they might have stumbled, tripped, because they have no sensitivity around their feet. So it's a double whammy. It's, it's, it's not just earthing, it's posture too.
0: Right, and that makes, yeah, and that makes so much sense because of course the the hiking boot industry will say, oh, well, this will protect your ankles and it will prevent you, you, know, roll, you know, spraining and so on. But actually, if you don't wear any shoes at all, maybe you're even safer because of the, the, the increase yeah. in awareness.
1: Absolutely, I. From my experience, that is true. But again, you can you can attempt to tell people this, and the the amount of mental blocks we have around it are actually equivalent to the amount of insulation that (laughs) we are experiencing. The more insulated you are, the more denial you will have, because you're disconnected from your own planet, for Christ's sake. And you're supposed to be you're supposed to be a human being, which is in Japanese, Chikujin, which means Earth being, right? So you're Interesting. An earth being, you're an Earth being, but you're actually not on Earth. You're floating around in space. Now, might that be connected to the fact that since we invented insulated footwear, our trashing of the planet has exponentially increased because we have no sensitivity to the trees and to the environment? Hmm. I think that's a connection but I could be a total lunatic,
0: who knows? Well, that's interesting. And I think about what comes to mind there is surfers. And often you find in surfing communities, there's a big associated eco movement. And of course, partly that's gonna be because they don't want stuff in the sea where they're surfing, but there seems to be something deeper. And maybe that's because I'm speculating here that they're also getting very connected, obviously very grounded on the- Well, actually, the 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 sea is the
1: best place to earth Richard. The sea is the ultimate best place to earth because the sea is sitting directly on the crust of the earth. And water, of course, has the perfect conductive medium for the earth's energy to enter all parts of your body simultaneously, not just your feet. So when you're swimming, especially if you're swimming underwater and you're not wearing a wetsuit, which is insulated, now surfers are not wearing wetsuits, So they are completely earthed all the time that they are surfing. That was a very good point. And sure enough, they tend to walk barefoot a lot more. It's not just a fad or a movement thing. They naturally feel. Putting shoes on makes them feel maybe a little bit weird. We'll have to ask surfers. But uh, it's the best environment for earthing you can possibly get. So um, you know, if people out there don't want to walk on the earth, they can swim on the earth if it's a river or a lake or the sea, they'll get perfect earthing.
0: Right, right. Um, and, I, and I read somewhere that there was somebody speculating that the reason we come up with so many ideas in the shower is because often that's the only time in the day we're earthed.
1: <laughs> that's another good point. Uh, people uh, in Japan who, who are learning this now are going, well, how can I get earthed in a hotel? And I've, I've actually gone to many hotels with my voltmeter uh, my plug checkers because there will be plugs that sockets that say earth but we have these checkers that you put in there and if two orange lights don't go on it's wired wrongly it's not earth and uh, in japan there are very few places with the third point on the socket which is the earth they just have the two one which is no electricity and other which communicates electricity or transfers electricity So it's very difficult to get earth in Japan. And so they say, well, how can I get earth in a hotel? And we we say, well, if you're lucky, and they have metal pipes taking that water up to your room on the sixth floor, when you get in the shower, that water is connected to the earth. And so you've got a pretty good chance of being grounded in your shower. So when all else fails, get in the shower or fill your bath water, fill your bath with water and jump in. You can check it if you've got a simple uh, uh, voltmeter. Find out if you actually are Earth. So we can do it, even in an urban environment, if we have the will, there is a way.
0: Yeah, and I suppose this is the early adopter level where it's only people with pretty extraordinary levels of commitment who are going to, at the moment at least, go through the hurdles to, to get Earth. Yeah, but...
1: well, th- th- they'll need to do stuff to get, I mean, for the real hard-headed, pragmatic, Types who absolutely refuse to believe this. What I suggest they do right away, I don't know if you can do this in London. In Japan, it's very easy. We get bone density checks here at dental and doctor offices where they scan your foot. You put your foot in a a little machine and you scan it for how dense your bone structure is. Now, we all know that osteoporosis is a big fear word now. And many older people expect to get osteoporosis. It's like, yeah, you get old, your bones get brittle, you get osteoporosis, they'll break easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, go to the Amazon. Check out 80, 90-year-old hunters who are still climbing trees and do a bone check on those guys, please. And they will have the same bone density they had in their 30s or 40s because they're grounded every single day and night. So I checked mine. And this is real hard evidence, Richard, for the doctors and the people, the naysayers, you go, take a look at that, baby. That's my bone density. (laughs) And we've got a, a breakdown. The density of your bone for your age group, the density of your bone relative to ABC factor. My bones come out 165 more dense than anybody else my age.
0: 165,
1: 165 more dense, which yeah. means 165 times dense, more
0: dense, or, 165%, or just
1: 65 percent. Sorry, 165. Yeah. If the median for a 65 year old, soon to be 66, if the median is 100 and that's on a good day, very little osteoporosis. The average Japanese my age is 80 on that scale, right. So mine came out at 165%, and the, 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 the nurses were gobsmacked. They figured the machine must be busted, so they tested me again. And they went, we don't understand. And I said, what don't you understand? You expect me to have osteoporosis, don't you? And they said, of course. Everybody has osteoporosis from 165. And I said, not me, honey. So uh, it's clear because I've done it over the years and my bones are recovering the density they had when I was in my 20s and 30s even. So that graph basically says I've got the bones of a 30-year-old, not a, a modern 30-year-old, not a healthy 30-year-old 100 years ago. They would have been even denser, right? So there's, there's pretty hard evidence that changes are occurring in your physical body at the most profound level, which is your bones. And, you know, there's lots of studies if you take the time to study them, which prove it. So um, I recommend people who have not done it go out and get that check today, earth every day for a month and go back and get it and see if it's changed. Then in six months, then in a year. And I can pretty much guarantee your bones will return to their natural, dense, strong, stable form.
0: Well, yeah, that's powerful. And that suggests, because I, I'm guessing some people in their mind might hear you make the link between osteoporosis and MS and, and, and grounded, and may think, oh, okay, there's a correlation, but maybe there are other factors in our lifestyle that are causing this uptick, and it's not just the insulated shoes. Maybe there are things that are more important, and they might not buy By it. There are
1: very, very complex sets of circumstances around it, but the key is grounded or ungrounded. Everything comes after that. In other words it's the primal uh, influence on your health so uh, I would recommend that just pretend you believe for a while anyway it's not gonna do you any harm
0: just a few funny looks uh, walking down the high street yeah no it's uh yeah this this conversation really reconnects me to it because uh, yeah I, I mean I was going for um, for a while I'd, I'd get off the tube this is when I was living just the across London, in um, Earl's Court, I take my shoes off when I go out of the tube station. Walk, walk, to, walk back to my uh, my place barefoot, and uh, and kind of ignore all the stairs. Um, it's uh, and I used to have my because you can buy the earthing mats to have your wrists earthed right when you're working at your desk, um, and even
1: like me now, yeah.
0: Oh, you've got it now, and I, I've got one. I actually have one of those, and I also have one that you can put your feet. And if you can yep. find a socket somewhere in, in your in your office, so it's possible to do it office in your office. Actually, at relatively low cost. I mean, okay, they're they're relatively expensive, but whatever. It's a hundred pounds for each of those mats. Um, but versus the cost of your laptop, it's not it's not well, sort of well, unaffordable yeah, yeah. for most people.
1: Here again, um, that's a good point, Richard. Uh, a lot of people will have the I'm not paying money for that. It's free. Well, you don't have to pay money for that already in Japan. The Japanese are very innovative people. Once they got it, they all started making their own earthing goods. If you go on YouTube, you can see a kid in his 20s goes down to the hardware store and buys this uh, metal mesh that you use for windows to keep mosquitoes out. He then puts it on his bed. He buys cheap copper wire. He attaches it to the mesh. He runs out the window and attaches it to an earth rod, which he plugs in the ground. He then takes a voltmeter and sits on his bed grounded, and it goes down to zero. And immediately he lifts his bum off the mesh that he has created. It goes up to four volts, right? Cost him about five bucks. A really extreme case I found was a guy in Japan went, Nah, I'm not going to buy anything. He just got some copper wire stuck it into the earth where his uh, cooler had an earth that he could put it into in his room and he attached it to his wedding ring right which is a tiny amount of contact I mean it's it's microscopic amount of earthing here the guy was a poor sleeper and he said to me I sat down in my bed and I conked out immediately and had the best night of sleep I've had for years now that's an authentic passenger statement, as we call them. So you can do do-it-yourself earthing anywhere you want. You don't have to buy stuff that costs money. But it's a bit more comfortable than lying on a mesh screen. <laughs> That's uh, the that real know,
0: hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> so chicken one.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it doesn't but cost I, a penny.
0: Yeah. So I think there are options if you if you're on a tight budget and if you're uh, if your budget is slightly larger and you're, you know, in a professional environment, it, actually the, the the simple accessories to have you earthed in the office are, are relatively inexpensive. If you don't want to, um,
1: well, let's. You don't do, an do it yourself. In London, we're trying the experiments here. Uh, we're trying to earth a public a publishing company's office, which in Japan means computers wall to wall, probably on the tenth floor of a building the higher you leave the earth when you're in high-rises, the more extreme being ungrounded affects your health. So if you're on the 50th floor ungrounded, it's actually a lot worse than being on the third floor we're discovering. Now, we require a lot more feedback from people about this, but we want to earth the publishing company And publishers in Japan have very high rates of depression because all they do is looking at a computer and dealing with words. Extremely unhealthy environment. What if we could have one publisher that was earthed for a year, all of their workstations, and we compared their output to the average, which we can also do a study on, of course. And we could even make a double blind study so that,
0: they didn't realize they were, didn't have their earth or not, right?
1: Would know if they were earth or not, which is what all of the earthing studies so far, there are 20 of them, have all been done double blind. So we can say to the hard our scientists, look at that one, Jimmy, it's double blind. That's called science. All right. And if we start to do these experiments in dental offices, where everybody's freaking out about getting on that chair to get drilled. We have already one dentist in Niigata prefecture in Japan earthing her patients in the chair. And she said it was immediate. They all went, oh my God, I feel so relaxed. What did you do to me today, doctor? Did you give me a special injection? Right? Uh, We're doing it with massage practitioners, acupuncturists, yoga teachers who are all now doing yoga on earth mats. The difference is huge. So we're probably doing more experimentation in Japan where there's only five years of this than America where they got 20 years of it. And the reason is simply sociological. When Japanese find something that works, they spread the word to everybody instantly and they don't care if it's scientific because it's mainly women who are doing the communicating and not men.
0: Oh, careful John. I hope you're not saying that women are less somehow less less scientific.
1: Uh, no, I'm saying they're more sensitive and okay. they're more communicative because they get it viscerally. The guys in their heads are all warping off into the science. And that's why when Clint Ober designed his first bed earthing sheet, it was a half sheet. And I said, Clint, how come it's a half sheet? He said, because the guys won't go near it with a barge pole, right? So the women sleep on their side of the bed with the earth sheet, getting a great night's sleep. The guys go, and that's all flaky nonsense. You know, you've been hoodwinked. But then as soon as she touches the guy while she's sleeping, he gets grounded. And so he ends up sleeping better, Right. So no disrespect, that's, uh, that's a, a, a statement about how women are probably more available to this reality because their mothers and their children are out of sorts and they feel better, they earth their children, their children feel better, and then they go through the whole family and it's the husband who's the last guy for the penny to drop. That's what we found in Japan and Clint said it's global. About the it. <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> It's the opposite in my relationship with uh, with my partner. I, I, I'm still, I'm yet to persuade her of the of of the benefits of of earthing. Um, but yeah, I, I have that. So when I'm in London, we're, we're together in Suffolk, and when I'm in London, I have the half sheet. Uh, yeah but but, uh, having read the studies on it 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 seems that as long as some part of your you get eighty percent of the benefit with just some part of your body earth, right, and then maybe there's the twenty percent is if you're more comprehensively earth is is that right?
1: Well, uh, that's actually uh, according to Dr. Laura Conover, that is not the fact oh. uh, uh, however, she did say that duration makes a difference, so she's got videos where she describes. Uh, how about five minutes of grounding? What will that do for you? What changes? How will that affect you? And she immediately goes into uh, changes on the surface of the skin, which can be picked up by instruments. Relaxation of muscles, instantaneous, whole body. You could even grab a leaf between your uh, two fingers, and that would happen because the moment you are grounded, the voltage goes to zero, and you can check that with a voltmeter. Right? It's instantaneous. Your entire body loses static. However, longer periods, like sleeping all night grounded, definitely appear to have a cumulative effect on the bones, on the blood, on the viscera, uh, on the body temperature, on the central nervous system. And so the longer you ground, the better is absolutely, without a doubt, the more you ground, the better. But Uh, I had also thought that if I just do my finger, it's not as good as my whole body. I have doubts about that now. Because scientifically speaking, if you're grounding your refrigerator, it's done instantly. You have just grounded it, right? It's not partially grounded. It's out of the danger zone of there being an electrical leakage. So uh, it makes sense, I think, to me, uh, although studies are still required. Many, many studies are required. But who's doing the studies, Richard? Who's interested? 20 years now. Finally, Deepak Chopra got it. It took a year of Clint Ober literally going through tons of double-blind tests in his institute, the Chopra Institute. He's a, he- a heavyweight guy in the alternative health field, right? But he wouldn't put any word out about grounding until he'd done a year of double-blind studies. And now he's finally announced, as if it's like a major discovery. No disrespect to him, but it's like, I forgot there's another pillar of health, and it's actually grounding. Hey, man, it's the pillar of health. What took you so long, right? And these are people at the forefront of so-called alternative health research, and they still don't get it. So what does that say for the medical profession? It's going to be half a century at this speed before they get it. That's why this interview is important. Right, Mr. Jones in their flat and Clapham need to know that if they go out and take their shoes off, it's going to, it's going to save them medical bills later on.
0: Yeah, no, I could see that. And, and they, and the, and definitely the place to start, I think, is if you can do it in your own bedroom, right? There's nobody going to give you funny looks doing it in your own bedroom. No. So if you could start with the stuff inside and then maybe build the courage to go to barefoot, you know, to the, to the wider world. Yeah, and, I, think, and, I
1: think it's a process, Richard. I mean, I started off, I went in the deep end with, with bare feet. But then I, took, I my whole environment here is earthed. Uh, the bed is earthed. Uh, as much as possible, I walk around with an, uh, unearthing kits when I go to hotels in Tokyo um travel it's very difficult to get earthed quickly when you go to a new uh, time zone and i've practiced with my own body jet lag now here's something for world travelers jet lag could be radically reduced if you can get yourself to earth as quickly as possible when you're in a new time zone i've done experiments and it worked however if you wait too long It's too late to sink yourself to where the sun and the moon and the earth are relatively positioned when you've just flown to California from Japan, which is 17 hours time difference in the winter, right? I got immediately into the Pacific Ocean. I raced to the Pacific in a taxi because I knew time was imperative and I had business meetings. I was completely okay. Next time I did it, I waited more than four hours, slept grounded, didn't fix my jet lag. So uh, there's some real research needs to be done there because jet lag is a killer for so many business people. They go into business meetings with their heads all scrambled. Imagine you could be just like you were when you left London, when you arrived in Tokyo. Hmm. That would be a big one. So I encourage people who travel to earth as soon as they arrive in a new time zone and see if there's any difference.
0: Right, that's, that's valuable, yeah. and. Uh... And I, and I like your idea of doing the, the double-blind study with a couple of organizations. I mean, I work with a lot of businesses here in UK and Europe. Yeah, I'd love to find an organization who's up for doing an experiment like that. It could be,
1: yeah, a double-blind and it's cheap. It's cheap. Or you could, or you could just do Earth part of an office. You could just do one office and and Earth one particular area, but you would have to have enough data on people's performance and their mood. And their daily biorhythm things, which you'd have to do very skillfully through collecting information from them. So when we do earthing seminars in Tokyo, the first thing we do before we earth them is I want you to scan your body. Go from the top of your head to your feet. Eyes? How are your eyes? We've had people in Tokyo clearly have a different sense of the field of vision increasing after only one hour of earthing. Ears, nose, do you have nasal congestion, which is a form of inflammation, before and after, neck, tension. Then I get them to move the joints around and I get them to note which part of their body is uncomfortable before we earth them and write it down. Then, after one hour of a grounded patch attached to their body, that's all, a tiny little patch on a tiny part of their body, at the end, any difference? Hands all go up. This is all on YouTube in Japanese for your attention, right? Hundreds of people in the middle of Tokyo going, my God, my shoulder stiffness is gone. I just pulled my wedding ring off for the first time in five years because the edema has reduced. Why has the edema reduced? Because your inflammation is down, honey, which is what the research tells us. It works,
0: Right, and there's some good studies on, on the effects of blood cells, right? I've, I've seen that. That was one of the things that Yeah,
1: sold me blood cells declump, move faster. Delivery of blood to muscle tissue is clearly faster, so your circulation improves. That alone is phenomenal. An increase in circulation will go to all your muscles, right? But it's the inflammation factor, Richard. It's the inflammation factor which is huge because we have clear evidence that Inflammation gets reduced through grounding. So the opposite is perhaps also true, that the huge rise in inflammatory diseases in our culture started to increase when we started to become insulated. There's a cause and effect that Sherlock would love. (laughs) Check that one out.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's fascinating to me because, because often it's attributed to the dietary changes, but what if it was, it was actually more, actually the insulating ourselves was the bigger, bigger factor.
1: Exactly. And there is a way to understand that that is not too difficult. Basically, a body that is out of balance, chemically out of balance, because it is de-earthed or, or ungrounded, is going to go into some kind of alarm mode and create inflammation. Maybe that's a simple, too simple, but study, find out. There's lots of stuff on the internet, inflammation versus grounding. There are studies. Check it out. But most importantly, your own body, and thermal photography is brilliant. So in the earthing book, they've got thermal scans of people before and after grounding, and all the red turns to blue. Now, you can't fake that stuff. <laughs> that means the temperature's lower, honey, which means the inflammation has reduced, which means you're not going to be in that much pain because most pain comes from inflammation in your body.
0: Right, right. Okay, this is yeah. So we've had a good tour of the the sides and the reasons why. I'm just interested in a bit more with you, John, because you talk about uh, going within this importance of going within rather than looking for the outside and has has this thing helped you with that that inner journey and is is there anything that sort of happened inside john as a result of this
1: oh yeah um so brief promotion for my film why on earth which hopefully will get released somewhere in london uh at some point in a screening um i wanted to demonstrate that an old guy, I became 65 when I was doing something that every Icelander I talked to told me was not only impossible, it was lunatic. Because the central highlands of Japan is one of the harshest environments on Earth. It's like the surface of the moon. Nothing grows. Horrendous winds, cold. Uh, Very little life out there. And so... My Icelandic film partners said to me, we're younger than you. We wouldn't go near that place in hiking boots. So you are absolutely out of your mind. You're not going to survive that. It's too difficult, right? So I thought, here's a good challenge. If grounding really does connect you, not just from the physical point of view, but connects you, quote unquote, emotionally and spiritually to your environment, right? To your entire environment. In other words, if you can get in sync with your environment, you got a better chance of surviving, haven't you? You got a much better chance because you will pick up on messages from the environment. And if there is power coming from that environment, and in a volcanic environment like Iceland, there's a huge amount of power pumping out through the air, ready to explode any minute, literally. And surely it would affect my body. Well, in the beginning, it affected me severely uh, because I got injured because I was walking on raw lava, hard as diamond. However, and then, what, this I, is
0: in this is in Iceland now, or?
1: Iceland in yeah. Iceland. Uh, but once I had become attuned to this wild environment, I began to notice that hey. This environment's not out here to kill me at all. This is actually a really wonderful place. I'm alone. I'm walking all day grounded. And, hey, I can actually get a sense of what the birds are kind of up to around here, which sounds like a complete, okay, here's a fantasy about to erupt. All right. I experimented. I started to... uh, Uh, communicate with animals that I met along the way, principally sheep, cows, and horses. And there's a quite amazing scene in the film where I'm standing barefoot. The director told me, he said, we need to make this documentary interesting. Go and sing to a horse or something. And so (laughs) there's a herd of wild Icelandic horses over in the distance. I walks up to the fence and starts singing a lullaby to the horses. One of them trots right up to me, and of course, this could be coincidence, says our left brain knows naysayer. Of course, it could be coincidence. Okay. So then the horse comes right up to me, and I'm singing in its ear, right? A lullaby saying how beautiful this horse is, and then the horse gives me a kiss. Now, total coincidence, right? Total coincidence, no. Uh, Day by day, I began to feel that all life on Earth shares the same, we call it the Schumann resonance, right? The same frequency. All human and all sentient life vibrates at the same, we don't know where it is now, it used to be 7.8 Hertz, they're saying it's now 10 or 12, but it's the same frequency. This is the Schumann,
0: did you say? Schumann Schumann
1: resonance, yeah.
0: Schumann. Schumann, okay.
1: Okay? So all life resonates at the same frequency, insects, plants, animals, humans. So doesn't it make sense that if you're resonating at the same frequency as the rest of the planet, you've got a better chance of actually communicating with the rest of the planet, right? But if you are all bundled up in your insular gear, like a guy in a spacesuit on the moon, what's your chance of actually getting connected to your environment? Which is why, of course, connected people who live in forests, like the jungle, like the Amazon, they understand bird calls. They know when animals are near, and it's not just the sense of smell or sight. They feel it, right, because they're connected. So to cut it short, on a day-by-day basis, I got more and more connected to the Icelandic environment, which made me feel more and more peaceful and connected which led to a feeling of contentment, which I maintained all the time. I was in the highlands of Iceland, which is completely against all logic. I should be fighting the environment. It's pouring rain. There are gales coming. There's no people. You're alone. You should be suffering, laddie. I was having a blast. I was having a great time. I've never felt happier in my life. So it goes against all left brain logic. But that experiment proved to me that being grounded actually increases your sense of contentment because what more do you need when you're connected to all life? What do you got to offer me, Jimmy? That was the key line. You can't offer me this. You can't buy this or bottle it. This is free. This is earth.
0: Wow. Powerful. Yeah. I know that's a place to test it. If you could stay calm and content, and a sense of being connected, and having a sense of well-being when you're fighting the elements in a situation like that, yeah, I can see how that's a good test. Yeah, I okay. recommend it.
1: And uh, I will, you know, I'll further do these experiments with with groups of people. But uh, as a, an aside, a Japanese guy was just discovered had been a Robinson Crusoe, living stark naked, stark naked on an island off of Okinawa, I believe, or the south of Kyushu, they discovered him recently, a hermit, 28 years, absolutely no contact with anybody, right? Butt naked, 82 years old, wiry, really strong, right? And so when the interviewer came on the island and found him, he said, don't take it personally, but I don't want to share water with you because you people are so contaminated, right? He said, please don't share that bottle with me and don't take it personally. And the guy said to him, well, you know, how do you live here? Do you hunt? He said, after a few years, I stopped fishing. He said, what? I don't know what he's eating. He said, you stopped fishing? He said, I couldn't do it. I just, I felt the fish. And when I saw the turtles laying their eggs and these beautiful little creatures coming out and going down to to the water, he said, I had to stop eating turtle eggs too. Now, maybe that's too far left field, but here's a guy totally connected every day, surviving in, a, in an environment like that, who gets so connected that he can't take life anymore. I mean, that's really extreme.
0: Yeah, that is extreme. But I can imagine the devil advocate there in me says, well, hang on, people were erst for millennia and did awful things to each other and the animals around them, right?
1: You know, exactly, it, uh... exactly. But he was alone. And you just said people. Hmm. societies and individuals are not the same. That's why I decided to walk across Iceland as much as possible on my own with no human influence. So I could get direct feedback from the planet. As soon as you get together with two or three people and the, it starts, <laughs> this would be a good idea. Why don't you Right? <laughs> none of that. You're on your own. I think that's what the difference is. So, but I love devil's advocates. We need them, especially when it comes to something like grounding where, you know, 80% of people are going to go. Nyeh.
0: Right. I think it's a, uh,
1: so you're a good devil's advocate. We love you for that.
0: Well, I think it, and actually what's coming to mind now is you're right. It's the society point. Yeah. Because yeah, I've got two young kids and, um, and I encourage them to be barefoot all the time. We've got a garden and we live in a village and we can go walk barefoot up to the park and so on. Um, but naturally, my partner wants them to start wearing shoes and you know, she doesn't want them to be the, the two kids with no shoes at the nursery or, or wherever it might be and doesn't want the looks from other parents, like, you know, what you can't afford to choose for your kids. So sort of I get this society point that we're... <laughs> There's two levels here to this that we're operating, right? There's the individual and what we feel and what we believe and you know what we can persuade ourselves of, and then there's then there's working within a society, which which comes with a set of pressures.
1: Absolutely, uh, I think that's a very important point. I was in Green Park about a month and a half ago, earthing
0: in London, right? That's for those a who are not month, in, in London, in yeah. Green
1: park in London, and uh, I was filming all these people sitting out in the beautiful sunshine. How many of them are earthed? And I, I, I started picking off the people who had their hands on the ground were earthed, but the majority of people who were walking or exercising were not. And I thought, what would happen if we like had an Earth Day in Green Park, right? Like just do an event like that, because in Japan, I want to create the world's first uh, barefoot park. And uh, you know about the Eden Project in Cornwall, right?
0: Right, yeah, I've been there, yeah.
1: Well, the Eden Project is a fantastic example of how an educational institution can totally change people's ideas about plants. You go in there with no idea about how you relate to plants and you come out there going, oh my God, I can't live without plants, right? It's brilliant. Tim Smith did something brilliant. However, nobody walks through the inside of there grounded. So there you have a huge missing component to the Eden Project. What if everybody started having a day of let's go through the Eden Project Earth? Now, what if we had a park in central Tokyo? which was very nicely designed so that people wouldn't feel weird about going in because there'd be doctors there at the entrance, take the blood pressure, take a blood sample, do a bone density scan, figure out how their autonomic nervous system is doing, get all that data, then they can take their shoes off, then they can walk in this beautiful aesthetic environment where you've got some lawn maybe and maybe some, some stones and you can meditate and you can do yoga, There'll be an educational center where they can look at everything, videos, and then they'll come out and they'll do a little questionnaire about how they feel, right? Can you imagine what that would do to society? One part. And I guarantee if somebody had the balls to come up with the money to support this idea, that the really stressed-up Japanese workforce would perform better, they'd be happier, they'd sleep better, and so all the corporations would make more money. Now, wouldn't that be wonderful? And when the news comes out that this one barefoot park in Tokyo is a huge smash hit, just like the Eden Project was, because now Tim Smith is doing Eden Project in China, two of them, one in Australia and one in another country simultaneously. That's how big it took off, right? So uh, then the mayor of Hiroshima goes, oh, my God, we need an earthing barefoot park at the peace center here. And then the mayor of Kyoto is going to go, I want one too. Boom. You got the whole country logistically earthed in such a way that they don't have to feel weird about it. The TV starts picking up on it. And suddenly all the kids go to their moms. Hey, mom, can we go to the barefoot park? Right? That's how it has to be done, I realize. You can do bottom up, which is trying to change the society in your village with two kids who are barefoot. No, they'll just be scapegoated. I understand your wife's point of view totally. But if you take the higher powers in there and you get the message to them and it trickles down to the school system, then the government will say, hey, we want all schools earth because the kids are going to study better. (laughs) That's faster.
0: Mm, uh,
1: My life is not eternal. I'm going to have to start doing top down because I've been in the front lines for five years doing this at ground level. And it's okay, but it's way too slow. And I'm fired right. up at dealing with left brain twits that need proof, you know? <laughs> right. Figure it out. Well, Go you just upstairs. maybe you just need to
0: convert a few left brain twits at the top. You might have, a, yeah, I can see- I mean, a
1: few left brain twits at the top of the government. Anybody out there listening?
0: Right, yeah. Well, it reminds me, we had a guy on the show, a complexity scientist, his name's Dave Snowden, Professor Dave Snowden, and he talks about co-evolutionary approaches. So Mm. you want to seed bottom-up initiative and you want to take influencers at the top um, to help support those conversations uh, simultaneously. So sounds like actually... Absolutely,
1: absolutely. I mean, uh, Clint Ober has spent millions of dollars privately funding the research. He's got the evidence. He's finally got to Deepak Chopra after 20 odd years. And finally, somebody a little bit higher up the food chain Is willing to go out there on a limb and say, "Hey, it works." That took him over 20 years, Richard. You can imagine how that feels. What if he got somebody with a bit more sense, with a bit more influence earlier on? It could be an entirely different America today.
0: Right. Well, and even Deepak Chopra, whilst I get you know he has some credibility as a a medical doctor and so on, he's still seen by a certain sector of the population as being a you know a bit woo woo, right? So
1: absolutely. So even then. It's difficult. So uh, I would recommend exactly what you said, double-pronged approach, top-down, bottom-up, starting with your own body. And when you really get it in your own body, then you can speak with as much confidence as I have to anybody, any doctor, any professor, as I do. I tackle them all the time. They're usually the guys in your seminar with their arms crossed because they're not interested in listening to start with, right? But then when they get a bit more airs, you can see the arms is coming down. Oh, okay. He's willing to listen now. And uh, But there's nothing beats you. Yeah. You, the human. You, the being. You're the yeah. guy who makes the difference yeah. to the guy or the girl next to you.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, final question I ask all my guest, guests, John Craig. Uh, to you, what does it
1: mean to be human? the most challenging adventure imaginable. The most challenging adventure imaginable anywhere in the galaxy. Awesome. And that's what being human is.
0: Fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. That is the inspiring answer, okay. <laughs> All right, well, uh, for, for people who want more about um, the movement that you've created, where, where's best to go? What's best to check out?
1: Well, we, we've got to rephrase that. I didn't create the movement.
0: No, uh, fair
1: enough. Clint created the movement. I simply have brought it into Japan because that's where my milieu exists. Uh, we call our group the Earthling Foundation. We changed it deliberately. So that's where me and you sink, human earthling. Because it goes beyond health, it has effects on society, health, spirituality, everything. So uh, where to go to find out about more about this? Just do a web search on grounding or earthing in the Western world, and you'll find loads of information. I particularly recommend Dr. Laura Conover, she's at www.intuition-physician.com. She's a wonderful individual. She really understands the genre, and she's a physician. So she has all the the data that people might want to see in one place on her website. Mm. And so I would recommend her work. I would recommend you download Down to Earth, which is free on Vimeo. Fifteen minutes, the whole spiel. That's okay. the best place to
0: stop. All right, awesome. Well, we'll include we'll include links uh, for those, uh, and it just remains to thank you very much for your time. Uh, it's been a fascinating conversation. It was
1: great to see London. It's looking kind of warm there.
0: It is. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, and we've got an amazing day here. We're going to be up in the high twenties today. So,
1: well, it's amazing. My- Cell phone went off with a weird sound. There's only two times when your cell phone goes off with a weird sound in Japan. Earthquake warning, you got five seconds. It just goes. (laughs) By the time you realize what it is, you're shaking. But the one went off today was landslide in my local neighborhood because it's pouring rain because of a typhoon. So we got landslides right up a road from me here. So we got very humid. Uh, typical monsoon weather, and uh, hopefully there'll be no more landslides, and hopefully no more earthquakes for a week while anyway. Anyway, nice okay, to well, survive thank the
0: landslide. You,
1: thank you kindly for inviting me. All the very best.
0: No, thank you so much, and for all your work on uh, promoting this really important message.
1: You thank too. you. Okay, bye now.
0: The Being Human podcast was brought to you by First Human. For more on First Human's human-focused coaching and leadership programs, head to firsthuman.com.